Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Michelin Le Mans Cup on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. For the first time in its relatively short history, the Michelin Le Mans Cup visits Spain and Circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya. Welcome, uh, indeed, to this part of Catalunya and to this beautiful area of uh, northeastern Spain. My name's Johnny Palmer, joined, as always, by Graham Goodwin for our coverage of the Michelin Le Mans Cup throughout 2019. Already stories have broken, Graham. We've had a couple of free practice sessions for uh, these cars, split into two classes, and already we've had plenty of racing, of course, because uh, last month, even though the ELMS was taking a break, the Michelin Le Mans Cup certainly wasn't, with two almost hour-long races during Le Mans week. Absolutely. It's the festival at isn't it for the road to Le Mans and uh, more great racing for these cracking little grid of uh, LMP3 and GT uh, GT3 spec cars uh, in free practice one here are you right absolutely the first time for the Michelin Le Mans Cup here at the Circuit de Catalunya that one or two of the teams have raced here in LMP3 cars in other series uh, but one major incident report, which is that uh, we're not going to see one of the championship front runners, Johnny Palmer, after a huge accident in free practice one for the 25 London racing car, uh, Mikey Benham. And if Mikey's listening this morning, uh, he's still under observation at the local hospital. Mm. Um, then, you know, get well soon, fella. I know uh, it looks uninjured, but uh, the size of the impact was such that quite correctly, uh, the doctors will want to keep an eye, uh, make sure there's no further uh, damage that's not apparent big accident barrel rolled the car after an unsighted Mikey Benham uh, over the top of another uh, stationary car barrel rolled the car and ended up upside down on the barriers I'm afraid so that car will play no more parts in this weekend's action Um, we'll move on and talk positives because what remains Johnny is a very good grid indeed of Little prototypes, the uh, Nissan-powered LMP3 cars and the GT3 cars, and uh, a number of little changes as well to the grid, uh, but uh, the headlines are going to be about the development of the championship this year. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, sort of moot to mention Lannan because they are championship table toppers at the moment with two wins already in the two-hour-long races. So Paul Ricard was two hours... Monza was two hours. This weekend also, uh, the sort of bread and butter part of the season, before we go to Spa-Francorchamps and then Portimao. So they're all uh, 120 minutes in duration. The Le Mans races were 55 minutes plus a lap, effectively. And even at those races, Landon managed a pole position and uh, some good results as well to keep their championship ticking over. They come here with a an eight-point lead, but that's almost guaranteed to be, well, certainly slashed and possibly overtaken by teams like DKR Engineering and Nielsen Racing, who are not very far away in the championship. Cars already starting to flood the pit lane then from the support paddock areas, and it'll be GT3s first of all then heading out onto track. Nine of them expected, one of which is the 51 Ferrari, for Spirit of Race, the Swiss flagged team, although just scratch 
not very too deeply beneath the surface and you'll find a lot of AF Corsa uh, team personnel there. Christoph Ulrich is down on my list to do the qualifying. Uh, if you've only got one bronze driver in your duo, then that automatically makes the decision for you as to who will qualify um, because it's all the owners on the bronze driver. This uh, session, by the way, starting bang on nine o'clock local time. Very early start because we're having to cram in all the action for the Michelin Le Mans Cup today plus all the action for the European Le Mans series because for the first time in its modern history at the very least the ELMS is going to be racing into the night this evening. Absolutely right so we've got both races all the qualifying uh, sessions all uh, packed into a single day schedule and we'll be finishing uh, very late on this evening if you're going to be with us not just on this live stream but for the ELMS too get the coffee on get the <laughs> snacks in there's going to be a heck of a lot, a lot of action and a lot to look forward to I'm looking forward to spending time in a darkened room with Johnny Palmer for much of the day well, that's always a plus Johnny I didn't want to say too much but so am I in a way <laughs> what time with yourself but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but so green flag as we get down to the essentials and it will be the usual quick fire 15 minutes of GT3 qualifying and this it's developing a bit of a reputation, isn't it, Johnny, for pulling something out the bag, particularly towards the end of these sessions. It gets pretty frenetic. Uh, already out on track is the number 54 uh, Mercedes AMG. This is the SPS Automotive Performance Car, a full-season addition to the Michelin Le Mans Cup uh, this year. And it's Dexter Muller that should be at the wheel of the number 54 car, the dark grey and red coloured car. Also out on track, uh, the Scuderia Villalba Corsa car, uh, Castle Racing's number eight, and the number 50, mm. streaming out now, the EB Motors Porsche, here it is, the number 88 car, which has always been spectacular in qualifying since this car joined the championship last year. Fine addition to our ranks, and a brand new Porsche, by the way, for this season for the EP Motors pairing and uh, on the screens at the moment it's telling us that it's Alessandro Bacani will be taking it out did we see the um, the Kessel car in that uh, colour scheme last time out Johnny uh, the number 8 car I don't think we did actually it does look spectacular it it's does. clearly it's a, it's a variation on the theme of the cars we've got yes. in the LMS and it looks splendid Yes, with the same backers on the flanks, and as you say, it's uh, well. We've got a, a dark blue, dark Kessel blue uh, car in the ELMS with the orange detailing. There's another one with pink detailing. This has the sort of white stripes Ooh. where those colours would normally be. But yes, looks very. It looks fast standing still, it really. Does. Um, with the uh, Italian tricolore on the rearing end plates as well so Kessel Racing off Switzerland of course they raced at Le Mans for the first time as a Kessel Racing entry last month because they managed to win this championship in 2018 and that's the carrot effectively at the end of this if you manage to win the GT3 part of the championship there are LMP3s in this as well by the way and we'll get to those after this session but if you manage to win the GT3 element of the championship then an automatic entry for Le Mans 2020 beckons absolutely huge prize for it so let's tell you who's out there in the number 7 Scuderia Vlorba Corsa Mercedes MG it is Roberto Pampanini in the number 8 Kessel Racing Car the Ferrari 488 GT3 the car we've just been talking about it will be Sergio Pianazzola uh, in the 35 Krypton car that is one of the trio of Mercedes AMGs it will be Marco Zanatini 
John Hartshorn will be out the 50 Kessel Racing Ferrari. That's when the red cars. 51 we've already seen on pit lane. Christoph Ulrich, Dexter Muller in the SPS Automotive 54 uh, AMG. It will be Fabian Laverne who's been uh, spectacular all season. Number 71, Luzic Racing Ferrari. EB Motors, Alessandro Bacani is the choice, at least in this part of the session, for their Porsche 911 GT3 R. We can't have not yet seen on track this morning, on, on picture at least, but we know he's out there. Andrew Howard will be aboard the beautiful number 99 Beach Dean AMR Aston Martin GT3. We've got just under 12 minutes to the end of the session. We talk about Fabian Lever, and he and Mikkel Mack have done uh, tremendously well for the first part of the season. They lead the championship by 18 points, the number 71 car, from the Kessel Racing Ferrari number 8, car concentrating on at the moment, and it's the 51 Ferrari, third in the championship on 36 points. But that 18-point lead, uh, I'm sure everyone else is looking at that, wondering how on earth they're going to start to chip away. Uh, at that uh, advantage we've had two pole positions for the Laverne and Michelmack Ferrari and also three race wins because they won both of the affairs at Le Mans and a victory at Monza the only place that, that they've not been on the top step of the podium was Paul Ricard at the start of the year when it was a third place finish behind Kessel and behind Dexter Muller and Yannick Mettler's Mercedes we're going so, to get some times through, Johnny. Yes, and the are. first one to show is Sergio Pinazzola, a 148-181 in the uh, number 8 Kessel Racing Car. That's much quicker than anybody else's offer. Plus, we've, we've seen previously, particularly with these uh, gentlemen drivers, the bronze-rated drivers, they will get quicker and quicker as this session progresses. It's unusual not to see that progression. Uh, so it's Pinazzola from Bacani, from Pampanini, from John Hartshorn at the moment, but a pretty big spread of lap times amongst those four, now five cars that complete a flying lap. This is a 4.6 kilometre circuit, by the way, and uh, a good mixture of left and right turns, seven left-handers, nine right-handers, it being a clockwise circuit, and there's about 30 metres of elevation change as well. You don't often think that, that about this place, uh, but uh, I'd managed to grab a little bit of spectator time late last night with the evening ELMS session running from 9.30 local time into the full darkness with an 11 o'clock finish, and certainly that uh, run into turn 10 is very dramatic as they come from high speed out of the kink at 9 into 10 and then such a technical end to the lap which is exactly where the 35 car of um, uh, Pazuki is currently negotiating so the Krypton Motorsport Mercedes comes across the line and Stefano Pazuki will go top in fact by 0.2 of a second so Mercedes from Ferrari that's Pianazzola's Kessel Racing Ferrari and Ebi Motors and their Porsche make it three different manufacturers in the top three yeah Pianazzola on a much much quicker lap right now and immediately goes back to the top by a full second 1.095 into the 46 is 146.861 we said this would progress and it's going to uh, Fabian Laverne, by the way, just out of pit lane and on his first flyer right now. So we're going to start to see those changes. It's Pinazzola in the 8 Kessel Racing car from the 35 AMG. Then the number 7 uh, Valor Bacorsa AMG pops up into third. 146, 147, 149. The progression down the timing screens with eight and eight, uh, just under, sorry, just under nine minutes to go in the session. That tricky chicane at turns 14 and 15 has just been negotiated by the red and black Mercedes then that finished second at Paul Ricard and it goes over the line now and we put into the number 54, was it Dexter Muller that you said? Yes it was, yeah. Yep. And he goes third 
Uh, the only choice actually to be made, i.e. Uh, teams with two bronze drivers, was that 35 Krypton Motorsport uh, Mercedes. They could have gone the route of Marco Zanettini, but it's Stefano Pazuki. I don't believe there's anything in the regulations that says they couldn't no. switch drivers partway through. It's just the time, really, because, as you say, eating away very quickly. Just eight minutes to go now. I have to say, Joni just noticed that uh, EB Motors have pitted the car, by the way, and I was expecting to correct you there, but I'm not going to, because I'd be wrong, because <laughs> uh, Ricardo Perra has joined that squad for this race is not two bronze drivers aboard the 88 car so Pagani has pitted the car but it's only by the way is going quicker in the first sector than he did last time around it's an improvement and a significant one from Pazucci now under four tenths back from Pianazzola as we wait for the current uh, provisional pole sitting eighth Ferrari to complete its latest lap so the time's beginning to compress everybody's now set a flying uh, lap time and highly unusually Johnny Palmer for one of these uh, qualifying sessions we've not had a lap deleted yet that's true actually and there is quite a bit of runoff area around oh, here yeah. as well particularly uh, if you run too deep at turn 10 you can either go over a re- very large area of paved concrete red concrete which has at the title circuit de Barcelona emblazoned on it or if you go so far deep into 10 you actually find another bit of the circuit uh, and that can serve as your route back to it but I noticed they put in some bollards you might get to see it actually just to the right no it's just off screen but to the right there there are some plastic bollards that you have to weave through to make sure that that your lap time isn't actually bettered by taking the longer section. Fabian Laverne up into third place and improving on this lap again. It's been a further improvement though from Pianatello. He stretches the advantage back up to almost six tenths of a second and 146.657 plays Pazucci's 147.2 and a 147.8 before the lap is on from Fabian Laverne. But he's going to do better this time, currently 1.1 seconds back. That translates back to 0.6. Uh, of a second he is one hundredth of a second back from the second place car and a front row position with six minutes remaining in this session yeah and the 51 Ferrari of Christoph Ulrich starts another lap by weaving between turns one and two this is the area of the track that starts to climb up then uh, towards turn three the almost never ending turn three and then just as you hit the breaking point into four now that's the end of the first sector that we will talk about I'm sure during the remainder of this session the next one for LMP3 and during the race as well because the track split into three different sector points that gives us a good indication of who might be on to something rather special Andrew Howard in his Aston Martin Vantage AMR now coming out of seven and eight there are two corners there because you sort of straighten up at seven and then there's a little tiny kink that you have to go through at eight before then blasting towards nine a very fast right-hander particularly when we get to the prototypes yeah, Andrew learning all the time in this car. Unique, of course, in the Michelin Le Mans Cup. It's the first time we've seen the new shape of Aston Martin Advantage in anything other than the FIWC and ACO Rules Racing to this point. That will change when we get into the WC Prologue uh, early next week here at Barcelona. The team's already gathering. The trucks are just uh, beginning to gather in the car parks beyond the circuit's entrance. So for the time being, if you're interested in ACO Rules Racing and a GT3 spec, Aston Martin, Beach Dean is it. Fabian Laverne, by the way, is on a flyer at the moment. I think he's going to be coming close to that pole time. Pazucci has closed the gap again to 147.0. Laverne goes top, though, mm. 0.159. So it's a 146.498 to uh, Fabian Laverne. Pianazzola has got some work to do. So this 
could be the 71's third pole position of the year. They've only taken one pole of, the, of Laverne and Micklemack in the two-hour tight races. Uh, but so far, so good for 71 Ferrari. And this is going to be an awesome duel, I think, for the rest of the season, actually, between the 71 and the eight Ferraris of Lucy and Kessel. The Ebby Motors uh, Porsche, though, number 88, just coming through the final few corners of the lap. Downhill towards the chicane at 14 and 15. And Ebby Motors looking to try and improve on its eighth place currently. Alessandro Piccani all over the kerbs there. Looks very spectacular. Isn't particularly very fast, though. And now over the grid hatchings with three and three-quarter minutes to go. The Ebby Motors Porsche will go fourth. So Bacani back into almost the box seat there. A second row start he's looking at. And the outside of the second row. It's an all-Ferrari front row, though, with a couple of 488s there. Fabian Laverne's example just turning left now at turn 10. And Sergio Canazzola, who is the defending champion, let us not forget, with Giacomo Piccini. Actually, he doesn't always race with Giacomo, does he? Is it, not, is it normally Andrea Puccini that uh, joins Sergio Pianazzola? I think uh, they mix and match a little bit with the brothers. They mixed and matched a little bit. Fabian Laverne, that's uh, 146.496. Quicker first sector, but uh, not as quick in the second sector. He's coming through now and look pretty racy coming through the final turn as he closes in on the start-finish line. There is, though, no improvement, uh, but it's only a matter of hundredths. Watching Bacani, because this is a quick lap from him. Strong the Porsche is in the middle sector. Pazucci too is on a flyer. Kenneth Zola not improving this time around. It has been Giacomo all season. Um, I'm slightly... Uh, confused as to whether it was him last year now that uh, was the champion with Pianazzola it was certainly Sergio because he got a Le Mans drive out of it as well two minutes 20 to go and the Krypton Motorsport Mercedes then powering its way down towards turn number one Stefano Pazuki hitting the kerb there and briefly unsettling the car as Alessandro Bacani's at the other end of the circuit and reaching turns 14 and 15. You've got to be so careful through that high-speed chicane because there are curves, there are sausage curves on the apex that could ruin suspension as the 88 goes second now. So this is great. As, we, as you pointed out at the start of the session, these bronze drivers getting faster and faster. Just 32 thousandths of a second now between Leven and Bacani and he's still on it on this next lap. In fact, the Top four separated by less than two tenths of a second. It's 0 0.032 Laverne from Bacani. And Laverne will not improve on the last lap time. That was a uh, lap time under investigation. Uh, so 32 thousandths of a second. Just behind Pianazzola. Still that 0.159 a second behind the pole sitting car at the moment. But now with a car between them. And closing in on him too. And going quicker again this time. Pazucci is what is that 100 second back from the third place car so any one of these top four could end up as our pole position sitter yeah and as you say less than two tenths of a second between the top four then there's a slightly larger gap back to Dexter Muller's time for SPS Automotive Performance that's another AMG GT3 Christoph Ulrich is currently in sixth position ahead of Roberto Pampanini in the Scuderia Villorba Corsa Mercedes number seven that's the one that's very difficult to miss because it is bright gold with black details Pazucci I think is going to improve here I cannot see this being uh, anything other than improvement he goes top 
He goes to pole. It's a 146.355.143 of a second and two tenths of a second separating the top four. Becomes three tenths of a second separating the top four. But it's the fourth place car before that lap that leapfrogged the three ahead. 146.355 with just 20 seconds left on the clock is the target. Krypton Motorsport engineer now, the team manager, will have his eyes trained to the bottom of the screen to make sure there's no issue about track limits for that 35 car. Over the line goes Alessandro Bacani. It's an absolute best through the third sector, but still not quite good enough to give him back the front row. But he did get through and will uh, have the opportunity to go for another lap should he choose to do so. It's just three hundredths of a second off his best lap. It's time there in that Porsche, isn't it? Without a shadow of a doubt. But it looks to me like perhaps, well, maybe Laverne is fighting back. It's a quick lap from Laverne, maybe not ultimately quick, but a, a good final sector might get this done. Pinatola, meanwhile, comes through to complete um, his session, having topped the times early on. He's matched the first sector time of the pole-sitting car to the thousandth on this lap, but is that going to be quick enough? Well, a very good effort and a great basis to start your lap time from. Two other cars have since crossed the line, by the way. No improvement for Dexter Muller. Uh, there was an improvement for John Hartson towards the end as well, but that car number 50 will stay in ninth place. No improvement for Fabian Laverne. He will finish no better than second place on the front row at the moment, but the margins are very tight. I think the only car behind him that's got an opportunity to overhaul is Sergio Pinazzola. Both cars, third and fourth place, the EB Motors car and the Kessel Racing car, improved their best second sectors. So this is going to go right down to the wire. So, watching out for the 88 Alessandro Bacani Porsche, the Kessel Racing Ferrari of Sergio Pianazzola. This car could certainly snatch pole. He's a little bit sideways coming out of turn 15, though, almost crossed up, and that might affect his route through the final corner. Over the line then goes the number eight car. He's to second. Oh. Second position, and only 39 thousandths of a second now between Pazuki's Mercedes and Pianazzola's Ferrari. Everybody else is home, and that was the only car to improve on the final tour. Intriguingly, uh, there were different cars setting the absolute best through each sector, and none of them were the pole sitter. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Pazucci did it with string together a brilliant lap. Yeah. And it's only a quite right 39 thousandths of a second back, second position, but on the front row for the number eight Kessel Racing Ferrari. Uh, that uh, car setting the fastest sector one time, third on the grid, on the second row of the grid, Fabian Laverne could do no better than that in the 71 Lusic Racing Ferrari, that car setting the fastest second sector, 0.143 off the pole, 0.1 of a second from the front row, and behind just, just 300 a second back from third in fourth position, the number 88 EV Motors Porsche of Alessandro Bacani, that car set in the fastest third sector time. Amazing stuff. Again, you know, it's a small but perfectly formed grid of GT3 cars, but it never fails to provide something in the dying moments of these uh, qualifying sessions. But also, you watch one session in this championship, you can't then say, well, that's how the rest of the season is no. going to be, because it's so difficult to read. People are improving, but at different rates, and also, that, I mean, that's within session, but also across the season as well. 39 thousandths of a second then separates the pole man, Stefano Pazuki from Sergio Pianazzola, who is not quite the uh, championship leader. They are second, remember, and this is a, potentially a chance to pick up some points then from the car behind them on the grid the 71 Lusik racing car Ebi Motors will start from uh, fourth position 
the SPS Automotive Performance Mercedes will start from fifth and sixth place for Spirit of Race Car 51. We must get some reaction from that session though. Let's join Louise Beckett now in the pit lane for us. Yes, yeah, Stefano Pizzucci is just getting some drinks on because, uh, or getting some drinks in because there's a hot session out there and right to the last moment taking the pole. Uh, yes, uh, <clears throat> yesterday was uh, for us a tricky day because uh, I did only two chrono time. And uh, we had uh, some problem with the car, but the guys <coughs> solved uh, the problem in the night and the car was uh, good now and, uh, and the result is good also. And looking forward to the race later, obviously. Sorry? What can we expect for the race later? Uh, to, to do the, the our best and uh, we will see. Okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course, qualifying is one thing and racing completely something else. And they've got to sustain that pace for two hours. Bazuki, it's likely he will do 55, maybe 56 or 57 minutes, depending on uh, when they want to switch to driver B in that, uh, in that car. But it will be Marco Zanatini joining him in the dramatically liveried Krypton Motorsport Mercedes in that matte black finish with the bright green a day glow green surrounds of the, the large front grille on the uh, AMG GT3s and on the rear wing end plates as well. Great looking car and it's fast this weekend as well Not going to have very much longer to wait for that race but they're going to have to wait uh, until after the qualifying for the LMP3 cars. That's next up 20 cars to come be a rather more crowded session as it usually is. Watch uh Looking back at the action from that session, it's going to be a close race again, Johnny Palmer in GT. I think it is, uh, yeah, certainly. And, uh, I mean, nine cars is a good amount. Again, we're going to have the situation where some cars come good later on in the race. But then again, with most teams having either a bronze and silver or indeed a bronze and gold combination, do they put the bronze, uh, bronze in at the start of the race or at the end? And that would suggest that, uh, well, if we have a late safety car, then generally teams go with their quicker driver to finish the race just to make sure that when, if the field is bunched up because of a safety car, you've got a gun driver to lean on uh, for the run to the flag. But uh, each driver must do 55 minutes of drive time. So there's effectively a window in the middle of the race between 55 and 65 minutes, which can be stretched at times. The race itself due to start at 1 o'clock local time through till 3 p.m., when it's going to be very, very warm indeed here at Circuit de Barcelona, Catalunya. Great uh, for us to be visiting Spain for the first time for the Michelin Le Mans Cup, and you've got to go back to 2009 for what was then called the Le Mans Series uh, for its last visit to Barcelona. Absolutely. My brains about anything here that actually you remember from being here back in 2009. Oh, you were here that weekend. I was here that weekend. Good but, stuff. Uh, um, it was highly unusual for the miss for a, a Le Mans series race in those days. But uh, looking forward to just how these LMP3 cars handle this circuit. Always good to get another circuit. Oh, isn't it? Yes, and of course, uh, LMP3 wasn't even a, a twinkle in the eye in those days, and it's uh, still very much a new category. Uh, new cars on the way. And one of them here, one of them here. We've excellent. Got to the new uh, Ligier is on display here in the paddock, the JSP320. News yesterday, of, uh, while we wait for these cars to hit the track, of another part of the package to come for next season as well uh, with an announcement uh, after track action or before the night practice uh, yesterday of the Ligier European Series which will join the LMS at five of the six rounds uh, next season 
for the, if you like, the little sister of these cars, the JSP3, so JSP4 prototypes, and the rather newer JS2R GT one make cars uh, in their own series, supporting five of the six ELMS rounds. Not yet determined which they're going to miss. Um, but uh, expecting something like 20 cars across the two classes and a, uh, a stepping stone in, like a, an early stepping stone into mixed class racing. GS2R already with 20 uh, plus car grids in the domestic series in France, and we think we can expect all of those cars to uh, double up or transfer to the European circuit. Tony Wells and Colin Noble, there, Norma, will be Tony aboard that car, I'm sure. Has to be. Yes, uh, because Colin Noble, the silver driver. The Graf crew are here again, number 39, Adrian Schiller and Nicolas Schatz, the multi-French hill climb champion, so it'll be Schiller doing the qualifying. We also caught a glimpse a moment or two ago of Keo Racing, number 43, with two new drivers this weekend. Alain Costa, certainly not new to the Michelin Le Mans Cup, but uh, it's a switch around for Keo Racing personnel and joined by Danish driver Johan Jokinen who is silver, so Ala Costa to do the qualifying. This is the car, in fact, and Costa already installed and ready to go. 96 car, cool racing. Fabulous finish on that car. The aero paint on the car. Just, it does pop. I have to say, you can immediately see these cars as they come past being uh, fundamentally different looking than uh, traditionally vinyl uh, cars. No mistaking the pit lane marshals. Bright yellow overalls. Yeah, Royal Automobile Club Catalonia, RACC, emblazoned on the back of their overalls and indeed all the way around this track and the familiar very, very tall scoring tower as well, which uh, helps the spectators to update them with where the car sits in the session. This will be, again, 15 minutes of qualifying, but as Graham mentions, for 20 cars. So around a four-point uh, or four-and-a-half-kilometre circuit, going to be tricky just to find a little bit of real estate to ensure that you've got the, the chance to put in a good lap time. Uh, it's a long straight here, so possibly to have a runner with you to punch that air in the, uh, the, the hole in the air ahead of you Nine, might be key. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Pit exit is green. Qualifying has started. You can set your watch by Eduardo Freitas, the race director of Portugal and uh, now lots and lots of uh, LMP3s are going to launch their way onto the Barcelona asphalt but uh, as I say if you're stuck in this queue the difficulty is going to be when you get into the uh, downforce corners because uh, even from spectating for about uh, half an hour yesterday uh, into turn 10 if you're right behind somebody the car behind is all over the place because the air is that uh, kind of flustered over the first car and it just does not flow right over your car behind 15 minutes ahead of us of the automotive equivalents of shaking 20 marbles in a jar. The LMP3 cars hit the track. Here we take us. The cars, in fact, straight out. Drivers, we're going to expect to see the number two car, Nielsen Racing, will be Tony Wells. It is John Schaumann in the number four cool racing car. Nielsen Racing, sorry for, uh, for Tony Wells. Toto in the number five decal engineering car. Another car that was in trouble yesterday. Nine's graph car is Trullier. And James Dason in the 14 RLR car. That's a, a new addition for this weekend. Mark Prader 
We saw the number 20 car that's uh, attractively grey coloured Norma, very market racing. United's cars, Jim McGuire in the 22, Hodes in the 23, Mike Gouache in the 24. There will be no London racing car afraid in this session. Jim Chiller, 39, Costa as we heard in the 43. Javier Sedanovic in the 55 Sprint race car. And, uh, Alexander Talkinitz Jr., the 1980 racing car. Victor Donker in the number 98 Motorsport 98 car that rejoins the championship here. Three different cars have been on pole position so far in the Michelin Le Mans Cup this season. Francois Kerman and Laurence Hur in their Norma M30 on two separate occasions. That's the number three car, and it'll be Francois to do the qualifying uh, in this session. Uh, Monza, we had uh, Michael Markerson and his teammate Joachim Fried in the number 43 machine taking pole position. So that was a Kio racing effort in Ligier uh, taking pole at Monza. And then Mikey Benham and Duncan Tappy took pole for the second Road to Le Mans race. But it really has been the story of Normas in the races because... Uh, um, it's been two different wins, or rather two wins so far for Benham and Tappy at Ricard in Monza and then at Le Mans. Norma's again, but Graf with a victory, number 39, and the three car for DKR Engineering and Francois Kerman and Laurence Hur. I think it's going to be much the same thing here. Ligier's maybe infiltrating the top six, but they're going to struggle to win this race. We will wait and see. They might struggle to touch down this very long straight, though, uh, that uh, funnels then down into turns one and two. Yep, uh, normal one, two, three in free practice one. We've lost one of those cars with the exit stage right of the Lannan car, and it was uh, Norma head of the 43 Kia Racing Ligier in free practice two. Quick times, 41 to the 42s. That's what we're going to be looking for from this stream of LMP3s. And a good result this weekend for Francois Kerman and Laurence Hoare. Could well give them the championship lead then, heading to Spa-Francorchamps as the next round. These cars do not go to Silverstone, remember, at the end of August as part of the ELMS and World Endurance Championship double bill. So effectively a month off for August, then to Spa in September and to Portimao in the south of Portugal at the end of October. But the sun is blazing down here already at, uh, what are we, nearly half past nine in the morning. It's going to get hotter and it's going to get very, very busy today as well with uh, full days racing. And I mean that for the very definition of the word. We're racing till half past ten tonight with the European Le Mans series. But already uh, minutes into this session and time starting to come in, Graham. They're indeed not yet very significant times, but top of the tree at the moment. Racing experience, the uh, number 11 car. That with a 146.7 ahead of a 147.4 for the 30 CD Sports. Norma leads Norma. Then the two cool racing cars, 96 and 74. But, uh, the quicker times will come uh, from the second lap onwards here. I'm pretty certain of that. Number two, in the meantime, on screen at the moment, that is Tony Wells. 152 from Tony. That will surely go quick, and I think that's Tony giving himself space to improve, just backing off from the train of cars ahead. Perhaps no surprise to see Francois Kerman going very strongly through the first sector, though. The 31-year-old oh. Frenchman from Strasbourg. We've already got a car off, though. That's the other DKR engineering machine. So talk about Francois Kerman. This is the five machine of uh, Marcello Maratiotto. It is. And almost against the wall. Might have just glanced the tyres, actually. 
and that was I think fairly early in the lap the yellow flags have cleared yes. now so might have been and the exit of turn three actually so as he pushed for a, a first quick lap and maybe the Michelin tyres weren't quite up to temperature clobbering the curb towards the end of the lap though Francois Kerman in the orange and black DKR engineering machine I'm sure this car will go to the top and it does by 1.2 seconds so Francois Kerman in car number three second in the championship already to provisional pole position yeah that's the first representative time 1.42.949 three purple sectors and puts 1.2 seconds over the racing experience the number 11 car uh, that's another car that's got a mix of drivers for the season Nicolas Mela is aboard that car and, uh, so it's now Normas 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 in the order yeah, that was sort of my fear for Ligier. I still think we're going to get one or two oh, we will. better times from Ligier. It looks uh, far worse than it is right now. However, the number 39, Graf Car, one of the winners during the Road to Le Mans event, now comes out of turns 14 and 15 at the chicane, hugging the kerb towards the end of the lap. And Fastest middle sector of the session so far from Adrian Schiller. Close, crosses the line now and goes second. It's just 0.470 of a second. Le lots of time left in this session. It's an improvement, by the way, for Kierman, the professional pole setter in both sectors. First, what, uh, first two sectors of the lap he's currently on. But beyond that, almost the entire screen is blue sectors. Everybody's improving. But uh, that will only work if Kierman gives them the opportunity to eat into the advantage he's got that doesn't look like happening at the moment otherwise I, literally as I say it isn't that traditionally the case Adrian Chiller does just that in sector one so Chiller is going to provide a challenge for pole on this lap number 11 car Milan uh, improves lap time on that uh, lap but is still eight tenths of a second back the 5 DKR Engineering Norma that's the car that uh, spent time off track a little earlier big lock up again from Maratiotto he's not in a good start that's the same uh, incident yes it is same incident and it was at it was at turn 3 I reckon no, missed the wall missed the wall just yes just. and uh, actually favoured going through the gravel with his right side Michelin tyres ooh a little bit squirrely though coming out of turn 15 so that will compromise his straight line speed then heading down the main straight Maratiotto currently 18th and it is an improvement to 4th position wow for wow. Marcello Maratiotto very impressive and that was with a mistake at, uh, at turn 15 as I say not the best of exits there so there is still room for improvement with 6 minutes and 50 seconds to go here comes Adrian Chiller and this is a quick lap lost a little bit of time to the pole sitter in the provisional pole sitter in the middle sector let's see it was 0.470 a second that becomes 0.3 a second he just chips away a couple of tenths to the advantage of Francois Kierman ahead it's still DKR number 3 from the graph number 30 then the number 11 uh, racing experience car and improving to fourth and quickest of the Ligiers Alexander Talkanitsa Jr. on the second row at the moment the number 9080 racing Ligier JSP3 Nicolas Mella in the number 11 car joining Gary Hauser uh, this weekend then at racing experience saw Mella during the Road to Le Mans event as well uh, where he shared with David Hauser who's Gary's brother uh, the Hauser's from Luxembourg and uh, 
historically in hill climbing rather than circuit racing but uh, nevertheless have, t- have uh, lended themselves to this very nicely indeed and he improves uh, the time for that car goes back up to third position because that position had just been taken by Tony Wells in the fast improving number two Nielsen racing car so we're back to a top four all normal top four Kierman, Chiller, Melan, Wells then Talkinitza Junior and Maratiotto uh, currently forming what would become row three. Eric de Donker improves to eighth from nowhere in that session. We are five and a half minutes from the chequered flag. And James Dayson in the number 14 car will be sharing with Christian Olsen come the race. This is the RLRM Sport entry with a Ligier just heading towards the final part of the circuit. Turn 13, the right-hander which sends you downhill and then straight into this really tricky chicane. Fine if you're on your own, but I think that could come become a real bottleneck during the race and uh, good for the cars to have run in traffic yesterday to know where they can and can't overtake. That car is over the line and James Dason does improve. That car is now in 12th position with less than five minutes to go. Uh, Adrian Chiller does not manage to improve despite setting the fastest middle sector of the session. One man that does though, Maurice Smith pops up sixth quickest, so the third row is an all-leisure affair now with Talkinitzer Jr. and Maurice Smith, 80 Racing and Cool Racing's number 74 car. So Normas, top four, then two Ligiers, then a couple more Normas. Tony Wells, 0.7 of a second away, uh, crosses the line, but that's no improvement for the man from Middlesbrough. Fourth place so far then for Nielsen Racing. And their other car, the Grain Market Racing Machine, is 10th. That's number 20 with Mark Crader doing the qualifying. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on Maratiotto. It's a quick lap from uh, Maratiotto. Currently 7th place after that troubled start to the session. Has been recovering time since then. He's currently 144-434, 7th quickest, 1.5 seconds. Or put a tick uh, back from the pole position car, but I think it's going to improve this time around. He's in his final sector. So we've watched the number 90 car, currently the quickest of the Ligiers. Falconitzer Jr. in fifth place reasonably quick on this lap but not I don't think a lap where we're going to see him improve Maratiotto though does improve and he takes the fifth place from Talkinitsa Jr it's now one through five positions on the grid uh, to the Normas and uh, Maratiotto shaved three tenths of that so still over a second back I think he's still got time to find in that car yeah I hope the fact that uh, Alexander Talkinitsa Jr. is shown on our screen is just an error because Talkinitsa Jr. a silver driver and therefore not allowed to take part in this qualifying session ah. but it may well be just a driver ID issue which sometimes also carries a bit of a ticking off from the clerk of the it course does. and organisers but it should be Talkinitsa Senior yeah. the uh, two Belarusians father and son team who drive in the number 90 car it tends to come with a little letter that says please play this amount of euros <laughs> yes well, we'll wait and see. The car's certainly going well, as you say. Best Ligier so far, as Tony Wells improves on that lap and switches from one side of row two to the other, because yeah. the number two car is from fourth to now third position. Well, I'm intrigued as to what Adrian Schiller can do, because he can certainly go through this to the first sector very impressively indeed. Our little chart says potentially a pole position if he can carry that pace on through, but so far Schiller's not managed to do that in sectors two and three. Improvement two from the number 30 CD Sports car, Jack Wolf, 
he pops up into fifth position so we're back Johnny Palmer to one to six all normas yes after the uh, the Liches managed to just edge into that uh, Alexander Talkinitzer Jr and Murray Smith were in amongst them improvement coming too by the way last time around from Mark Crader he's now within the top ten in the number 20 grain market racing norma operated by Nielsen Racing for the team uh, we've got a couple of guys going very quickly on this lap. I uh, don't think we've seen this session done as we get into the last 90 seconds or so. No, well, uh, the previous ones of this season would certainly tell us not to take our eyes off the screen just yet. 43, still uh, these drivers getting used to Keo racing. As I say, they are new for this season with Keo having run different pilots up until this point. But Johan, Johan Jokinen we will see in the race, the Danish driver, and the Monegasque, Alain Costa, doing the qualifying. Over the line then goes car number 43. There's also some shuffling of the order as Taukonitsa Jr. now goes to fifth position in his Ligier. So just starting to tick off those normas when and where possible. Four of them still quickest. Going to get one more go at this into the final minutes before we see the chequered flag. Of course, they'll be allowed to finish the laps there on from their run-in. Further improvements coming. Tony Wells improves again. Again edges back just a well, less than a tenth, in fact, I think, on that lap, but uh, consolidates his third quickest lap. Tampanitsa Jr., quite right, uh, Jimmy Palmer, up into fifth position, but there's blue sector times coming in that top five, six, seven cars, and others that do look as if there might be something more to offer here. Eric Dodonka on a quick lap at the moment, he might well improve, and out of nowhere, Tony Wells all of a sudden sets a purple first sector with 17 seconds to go on the clock. Is he going to pull something out the back here? And also, Adrian Schiller could be three-tenths of a second up on his previous time. I mentioned that the first sector was very good, has been very good for Adrian Schiller, the man from Montpellier. And this middle sector, highly impressive. If he can keep it all together now with probably a clear track in front of him, let's see what car 39 can do and others behind. Well, Kierman is not going to improve. He's on pit lane. Here comes the number 39 graph car. This is the end of the session. It was a purple middle sector. What can he do to close it? He goes top. He does. It's a 142.895.054. But uh, Tony Wells is now on the third sector. He's going quickly as well. And I think he might improve here. Well, it heading now through turn 12, and this is the really tricky bit where you can either gain a load of time or lose it. Very neat and tidy through the first part of the chicane and keeps it stable on the exit as well. Careful not to run out too far wide out the chicane to clobber that uh, sausage curb. But the number two car, is it going to be pole? Is it going to be second? It is an improvement, but he stays third, Tony Wells. So it will be a second row start. The inside of row two and probably alongside Nicola Mella, yes, as he crosses the line in the number 11 racing experience. And the margin one to two was again under a tenth of a second. The margin one to three, under two tenths of a second. It's 0.143 of a second is the gap between the first and third on the grid. Adrian Schiller it was then, pole position, Johnny Palmer for the number 39 graph car from the DKR Engineering number three car, Francois Kerman, who uh, was... Uh, was just shown as leaving the pits rather That's interesting yes on um, an outlap on an outlap after the chequered flag uh, mm. that might just be a sense of thing he's on his way back to the uh, to the um, the scrutineering bay but uh, that's the, the the top two and the front row from Tony Wells and the number 11 uh, racing experience car it will be an all-norma 
uh, top four and first two rows ahead of Alexander Talkinitz, a junior. It shows, and you're quite right, it shouldn't for the number 90 80 racing squad, fifth position, and then Jack Wolf in the number. 30 CD Sport Norma completing the third row. Yeah, I just wonder whether that's sort of Alexander Talkinitsa Jr.'s pace as well. So maybe it is him in the car, and they've done that in error, and that's you and I calling them out. But oh we dear. will wait and see, uh, because it could uh, it's either a timing glitch or it's a genuine problem for the number, 80, uh, the number 90 crew, rather, AT Racing. There is a bit of a queue for cars then heading into uh, a very long pit lane here, but as always, the Michelin Le Mans Cup teams are having to work in a satellite-type fashion with the garages taken up by the ELMS teams, so they have to park out front and bring, bring tyre trolleys and all the other necessary equipment from another area of the paddock. So it's a, it's a bit of an effort, but once you are based and in position for a 1 o'clock start later on today, then all should be fine. A mandatory pit stop, remember, to be taken. Well, at any point in the race, we have learned. However, each driver has to do a 55-minute stint, a minimum of 55 minutes. So that's why we tend to see this pit stop somewhere around the hour mark. However, we've seen... um, We've seen a, the mandatory timed pit stop done earlier, uh, very early in the race, and they did a driver. Cha- one team did a driver change later on and at, quickly. At, uh, yeah, quick step speed, and still managed to get the driver in for 55 minutes, and that was fine. So it it can be cut several different, well, some different ways, um, and that was a surprise to you and me. I remember at the time. I think the answer is we might well see that change in the regulations next year because I think that rather surprised. Uh, uh, really, me. I think you probably did. Surprised the uh, officials. It was, Obviously, it was tactical. They took an advantage of where we were in terms of a caution period and weather at the time, and there could have been an advantage to be drawn there. Yeah. So it's clearly not the way in which it's intended to happen, but, but, that's but, but the, the rules are the rules. Full marks for knowing your regulations oh, yeah. and, and knowing that there may be some little loopholes that you can gain from, certainly. Great driving for Adrian Schiller, though, because the 39 car has taken pole position and it will start alongside the DKR engineering machine then of Francois Kerman and Laurence Hoer, who are very, very neatly placed in the championship currently and uh, set to score well with, sadly, it'll be a non-start for Landon Racing. They did not qualify in that session. The car far too badly damaged and, uh, sadly, a driver in hospital overnight as well. But we're wishing Mikey Benham all the best in his recovery. Uh, Tony Wells and Nicolas Melat will start on the second row for Nielsen Racing and Racing Experience, respectively. Alexander Taukanitsa's name is now displayed ah. on the screen. I noticed so maybe that has been corrected let's hope so and all is fine and that uh, qualifying time should stand then which is exactly 1 minute and 44 seconds for the fastest Ligier ahead of CD Sports Norma and the DKR Engineering number 5 for a dramatic Marcello Maratiotto who was off track in the early part of the session but certainly uh, uh, corrected his times towards the end to qualify in 7th place so that is the way things will be for later on today. Uh, a huge grid for the Michelin Le Mans Cup as we go back to the two-hour races here in Spain. Spa, Francochon in uh, a couple of months' time and uh, Portimao, of course. And there is uh, there are two championships to be decided. Uh, four, if you count the drivers as well, of course. Uh, it will be much, much warmer later on today. But we are guaranteed a cracking race in the GT3s. And can Ligier start to take the fight to the Normas come this latest round of the Michelin Le Mans Cup? Adrian Schiller and Francois Kerman showing their speed as bronze drivers for the French and Luxembourgish squads, respectively. Graf 
versus DKR Engineering. Be sure to join us a little bit later on for ELMS action, certainly, but for this race as well, which starts at one o'clock. We'll speak to them. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.